0: Good morning and welcome to chapel this morning. Today we're going to be having communion together, Um, so this will be a special time for us. And as we begin, I invite you to open your blue hymnals to number 670 as we read together. I'll be reading the leader part. And then we'll join together in the response. Our God, we gather to worship you, the one who creates all things. Of
1: creation,
0: give us. We gather to worship you, the one who brings salvation through Jesus Christ. Of give us. We gather to worship you, the one who sustains us by the Spirit. we bring to you our offerings of thanks and praise for all your gifts. We worship you, our creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Amen.
2: Song, please turn to um, the blue hymnal, hymn number one What is this place? Let us stand to sing together.
3: Good morning, my name is Emily Trapp, I'm a first year music major. I will be reading from Matthew 26, verses 17 through 29. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? He replied, go into the city to a certain man and tell him, the teacher says, my appointed time is near. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the 12, and while they were eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to him one after the other, surely not I, Lord. Jesus replied, the one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The son of man will go just as, just as it is written about him, but woe to the man who betrays the son of man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely not I, Rabbi. Jesus answered, Yes, it is you. And while they were eating, Jesus took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom.
4: Good morning. Morning. Hi. So childhood memories are always interesting things. I invite you to take a moment and think back to your childhood. Think back, for those of you who grew up going to church, um, think back to communion service or Eucharist as a child. What did a service of communion or Eucharist look like? What did it feel like? What did you think was going on? For me, when I think back on communion as a child, The wooden pews in our church are probably the most significant part of my memory. And just like the pews here, there were these little round holes where those miniature glass cups would get placed after they were drained of juice. And for me, that was the best part of communion. When I was a teenager, our youth group would sit in the first two rows. I'm not really sure why, but that was the tradition. And we would wait eagerly for the moment when the adults would finish taking communion and they would place their glass cups into the pew holders. And the sound of glass on wood would fill the sanctuary. It would be click, 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 click. And we'd grin. And that was the best part of communion. It's interesting what remains years later. So today we are going to be sharing in a service of communion. This isn't something we've done in chapel, at least in recent years. Potentially, doing communion in chapel at Goshen College could be problematic. We come from a variety of Christian traditions, and communion is one of those rituals that has divided the Church. Catholics, Lutherans, Brethren, Baptists, Mennonites, etc. We all have different ways of talking about and understanding what happens when Christians share in the bread and the cup. But for me, it was in sharing communion with Christians from a variety of traditions that really brought this practice to life. In my Mennonite church at home, we had a communion service no more than twice a year, and it was always paired with foot washing. Communion would be served row by row. The baptized adults would stand, take a piece of bread, And then everyone would remain standing until the whole church had been served, and they would eat together as one community. Then the process would continue with the juice. And let's be very clear that it's juice, not wine. And like many practices that we are raised with as children, I wasn't aware that there might be different ways of remembering Jesus' death and resurrection outside of my community's ritual. Over the years, I learned more about the meaning of communion through classes of theology and other places, but it wasn't ever particularly significant for my own Christian journey. Then I entered grad school, seminary, and I decided to attend Yale Divinity School, where I was typically the only Mennonite student around. Being in the minority was refreshing, and at times a little bit unsettling. But strangely enough, the most disconcerting part of my experience at first was chapel. We had daily chapels at Yale, and every Friday we would celebrate Eucharist, or the Communion. Now, coming from a tradition that practiced Communion only twice a year, this regular practice of Communion really threw me. My my body resisted the routine. My mind protested. Some days, I spent the majority of morning prayer with an internal theological debate. Should I participate? Should I abstain? What does this mean for me, for other Christians? It took me a while to finally figure out what I saw, why what I saw as a deeply profound and meaningful ritual for other Christians and everyone around me, why it was such a thing of resistance for me. It turns out that even though I hadn't I don't remember learning why we only did communion a few times a year, I had picked up that communion required some form of preparation. For Mennonites, at least traditionally, communion is the time when the church community comes together and renews our covenant with God and with each other. One of the things our confession of faith has to say about communion is that believers are to come to the Lord's table in a worthy manner, without factions among them, Churches are encouraged to find ways to promote reconciliation and to prepare members for communion. I came to realize that my body was resistant to the daily practice of communion because I had been implicitly taught that you only come to this table when one is ready, when one is worthy. I couldn't take communion every day, or even once a week. I hadn't had time to prepare. I came to realize, as I reflected on this more, that the Mennonite practice of communion focuses primarily on the human response to God. Our response to God's love and grace extended to us in Jesus Christ. Whereas my Lutheran and Episcopalian and Catholic classmates, they saw communion first and foremost as focusing on God's response to humanity. They focused on receiving, on participating in God's offer of grace. So of course this could and should be celebrated regularly. So it was in that chapel at Yale Divinity School where I came to understand communion as a place of encounter. It still meant all the other things that I had been taught about it. It still meant remembering Jesus' death on the cross. It still meant celebrating the new life that God offers to us in the resurrection. But it had moved from being what I had thought of as only a symbol And yes, in one sense, it's just bread and juice. But I am grateful to my Catholic and Lutheran friends for helping me to experience communion as something more, as an encounter, an encounter with the presence of God, a place where I met the unrestricted, the unconditional, and the irrational mercy and love of our Lord, where it didn't matter if I wasn't always prepared. It didn't matter if I wasn't worthy and it didn't matter if I wasn't perfect. For it is at this table that Jesus has sat with the most ordinary of things. This is where the most ordinary of things becomes extraordinary. For this is a table where all are welcome, where the despised and the outcast are honored, where we are called to be transformed. And it is through our encounter with the living Spirit of Christ that we are made worthy, where we become one part of the body of Christ. I had a great time of conversation last week with a group of students that I had invited to share with me about their experiences and thoughts around communion. And as we had conversation, it became clear that communion is a ritual with deep meaning and with layers of significance. But this ritual continues at its heart to be about remembering Jesus' journey to the cross. We remember how Jesus died, rose again, and that God has claimed victory over death, offered us life and salvation. But this morning, I'd also like to encourage us to think about communion as a time when we also remember the Incarnation. When we remember that God chose to dwell with us, to take on flesh. The form of a vulnerable human baby, and that it is at this place, in the midst of all our particularities and our oddities, it is in this place that God became and becomes present to us. It's an easy temptation for us to over-intellectualize our faith, to over-spiritualize, and we forget that God chose the human body, the earthly things of our world, to reveal God's self. The very nature of God we meet Jesus not in spoken and prayers and words alone but we meet Jesus when we take the ordinary food of this world and through the spirit of Christ we participate in a meal together that is anything but ordinary when we share in community communion we participate in the living body of Christ and we are connected with Christians the world over who are also living into God's reign. As I was thinking more this week upon the meaning of communion and what it is to be a part of the body of Christ, I was reminded what a significant idea this is, that in some way we join together as a living body. And it's easy for us to focus on the simpler, nice parts of that, you know, the idea that we're part of a global family and that we share gifts with one another. But I realize that when we talk about being a part of the living body of Christ, we also need to recognize that this includes sharing in the brokenness of Christ's body. A few days ago, we passed the 20th anniversary of the assassinations of six Jesuit priests, their housekeeper and her teenage daughter in El Salvador. These priests were tireless advocates for the poor, the oppressed, and their nation. Their university, The University of Central America was what John Deere calls training camps for peace and justice. These priests were willing to speak out and to loudly condemn, like Jesus did, the violence and the injustice that has plagued their people for too long. Ignacio E. the president of the university, who is among those assassinated, wrote, We are people of the gospel. A gospel that proclaims the reign of God. And that calls us to try to transform this earth as, into as close a likeness of that reign as possible. With this meal before us, we celebrate and we proclaim the reign of God. We seek to be transformed into people of the gospel. People who are willing to stand with Jesus and say no to the evil powers of this world. People who are willing to stand with one another, regardless of the cost. El Salvador can sometimes seem a world away. But when we gather at this table, we gather with Christians, the Christians of El Salvador, of Nicaragua and Colombia. We gather with Christians the world over. And we come to encounter one another. We come to share in our brokenness. We come to share in our joy just as we come to meet our God. Our God who calls us to come, to come and celebrate, to celebrate a love that makes the ordinary extraordinary. We're going to move now into a time of communion. I invite Bob to come up.
5: On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and said, take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, saying, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. So now, following Jesus' example, we take this bread and this cup, the ordinary things of the world, through which God will bless us.
4: After a prayer and invitation, all those who seek to follow in the way of Christ are invited to come forward and receive communion whenever you are ready. There will be servers in all of the aisles, pretty much, eight different aisles throughout the chapel, So you can come forward or go back, whatever place is closest and easiest for you to get to. You will be invited to rip off a piece of bread and to then dip it into the cup of grape juice. And ideally taking a big enough piece that your fingers don't touch the juice. Um, For anyone who would prefer to receive a prayer of blessing instead of taking communion, or maybe in addition to taking communion, um, Kevin Gary and Chris Wood will both be at the front here offering um, prayers of blessing for anyone who is interested. We will also be singing together um, throughout this time, so we invite you to join in on that.
5: I invite you now to a time of prayer as we continue to ready ourselves uh, for this wonderful act. Gracious God, we are your body, not because we have chosen that name, but because you have given it to us. While we marvel at this great privilege, we also regret our failures. We offer to you now our silent prayers of confession. We know that you are abounding in love and grace. Help us to live ever more fully into your will for our lives.
4: Lord Jesus Christ, present with us now, as we do in this place what you did in an upstairs room, breathe your spirit upon us, and upon this bread and upon this cup, that they may be heaven's food and drink for us. Renewing, sustaining, making us whole. And that we may be your body on earth, loving and caring in the world. Amen.
5: This is the table of our Redeemer, and you all are invited. Around this table, you will find your family, your friends. Come, not because you have to, but come because you need to. Come, not to prove that you are saved, but to seek the courage to follow wherever Christ leads.
4: Come, not to speak, but to listen. Not to hear what's expected, but to be open to the ways that the Spirit moves among you. So be joyful, for this is the feast of the reign of God, where the broken are molded into a beloved community and where the celebration over evil's defeat has already begun. So come, the table is ready. I invite the servers forward.
2: As you get prepared to join for the communion, um, please turn to hymn number 453. We will be singing several songs throughout this session. Um, So as you feel led, you may join communion and return and um, continue to um, participate in this worship by singing. Hymn number 453, let us break bread together. to the sing the green sing the journey book number eighty six oh taste and ce Turn with me on your blue hymnal, uh, number 471, Eat This Bread. But let's turn to 472. I am the bread of life. And we will be singing verses 1, 2, 4, and 5.
0: Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your presence and your purpose among us. For your loving kindness and your spirit with us. May taking of this bread and of this juice and also the receiving of blessings strengthen our faith in you and our connection through you with one another. In your name we pray. Amen.
2: please turn to sing the journey book number 88 hallelujah we sing your praises and we'll be singing the English verse of this song
0: serve the Lord and one another. You are dismissed.